Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I mean, you look at Facebook and social media now, conspiracy theories start getting thrown out there, and all of a sudden you have this huge convoluted story when, in reality, the truth is pretty simple. When a serious crime is committed in a small town, a handful of detectives are charged with solving the case. I'm Yardley, and I'm fascinated by these stories. So I invited my friends, Detectives Dan and Dave, to help me gather the best true crime cases from around the country and have the men and women who investigated them tell us how it happened. I'm Dan. And I'm Dave. We're identical twins, and we're detectives in small-town USA. Dave investigates sex crimes and child abuse. Dan investigates violent crimes, and together we've worked on hundreds of cases, including assaults, robberies, murders, burglaries, sex abuse, and child abuse. Names, places, and certain details, including relationships, have been altered to protect the privacy of the victims and their families. Though we realize that some of our listeners may be familiar with these cases, we hope you'll join us in continuing to protect the true identities of those involved out of respect for what they've been through. Thank you. Today, you're going to hear about a tragic case that happened in a very small town and how that event tests the bonds of this tight-knit community to its limit. The story is about a high school girl we call Kelly who goes out with trusted friends one night to check on some hog traps. It's not an unusual activity in this rural town, but when an unpredictable event is met with fear and innocence, the consequences are devastating and the community is changed forever. This is Collateral. Today on Small Town Dicks, we have the usual suspects. We have Detective Dan. Good morning. Good morning. And Detective Dave. Great to be here. Great to have you. And we are so pleased to welcome a new guest to the podcast, Sheriff Carl. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you for being here. So, Carl, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your jurisdiction, how big it is, how many sworn officers you have, what's your setup? My county is actually a very rural county. I have 
20 deputies. And, uh, of course, at that time, we didn't have maybe half of that. So everyone pretty much had to do their own work. So you end up in a small jurisdiction like that. You wear a lot of different hats. So your patrol deputies are doing their own follow-up? Yes. They don't forward it to a team of detectives. They go out and do their own investigations. Yeah. Well, at the time, I was the detective. I was the only one there. Wait, you were the only detective on duty when this crime happened? Yep. How big is your county? Uh, It's 928 square miles. Wow. Not a whole lot of coverage law enforcement-wise with the (laughs) sheriff's office. You're on an island. Yeah. That's insane. So tell us how and when this case came to you. This case happened way back in 2008, just two days before Christmas. It was probably one that as parents, as adults, it's something that we don't ever think twice about, but in this case, it just went horribly wrong. This is a story about Kelly. Kelly's mom, she was a single parent. She had recently lost her husband the year before in a car accident. They were just putting their life back together. Things were starting to get normal. She was a very popular girl. She was very outgoing. She was just really starting to get things going again. How old was she? She was 16 years old. Okay. Kelly had a friend, Wendy. They hung out together. They socialized at school. They kind of leaned on each other for support. And Kelly's mom was friends with Wendy's mom. So it's pretty much like everyone knew each other there. Kelly wants to go over to Wendy's house and spend the night. And this is something that they had done quite a bit. There's just absolutely no red flags. It's not like they were bad kids or anything like that. Now, they did have some friends that were friends of Wendy's, Jordan and Mike, were a couple of boys that they knew from school. None of them were, I say, boyfriend or girlfriend. They were just associates. And they had been talking to Wendy and Kelly that night, said, would you like to go with us? We're going to go check some hog traps. Now, in a rural area like this, feral hogs are their problem. They go out and they destroy crops and stuff. So it's common practice out there to trap them. They were once domesticated hogs, but over a time period of a century, these have now become feral, and they multiply very, very quickly. They can devastate entire crops in just a very short amount of time. And do they travel in a pack like a pack of wolves? Yes, they do. No way. How big? Are we talking like 10 hogs, 30 hogs? Well, if you consider that the average sow can give birth to roughly nine piglets at a time. Oh, my If it goes on for a year, it could be 100 to 200. Holy shit. And they would just descend on your crops and then you're done. Yes. Cornfields are a favorite. And, of course, we rely heavily on corn in the agricultural world. So, yes, these have become quite an issue. Are there even hunting restrictions on these hogs? Or is it shoot on sight? It is shoot on sight. They are considered a nuisance animal now. In fact, in a presentation last year from the Parks and Wildlife, they said you will not be able to shoot them into control. You will have to take other measures. Interesting. Can you then describe briefly what is a hog trap? And if you're dealing with those kinds of numbers, how can you possibly contain that? Well, in this case, the hog trap can be anywhere from maybe four feet by five feet long. And that would be like a single hog trap, a multiple hog trap can be as large as a couple of hundred feet by a couple of hundred feet. 
Is it like a have a heart trap? Like if you have a raccoon who's harassing you in the city, you can get a have a heart trap, which is you set the bait, the raccoon or the possum goes into the cage and the cage closes behind them, but the animal isn't hurt per se. Then you can relocate the thing. You know what? That is a very good analogy. That's exactly what it looks like. There is a market for live feral hogs. Really? Yes. Hunting ranches. Yes, hunting ranches. They buy them to hunt. So there is a market to trap them live, and that's what this particular trap was. It was a live trap. There's maybe 50 to 60 hogs in this particular trap. So the hog trap is usually set, and it may stay set for two to three days. And it's usually in the evening or at night when the pack moves in. This particular one was filled with old corn husk and things like that. That would attract the hog. So there's maybe 50 to 60 hogs in this particular trap. Whose hog trap is it? Is it Mike's hog trap? It actually belongs to a third party, a farmer. And he hires Mike and Jordan to trap these hogs. So they want to go check the traps. If there's hogs in there, make sure the gate is locked. So in the morning when they come out, they can remove them and sell them. Mike was in his early 20s, and Jordan was a family friend. He was only 15. Okay. But they had hunted together on several occasions. In fact, they had checked this trap earlier that night. They were going to go back and check it again because the evidence was going to show that there was going to be hogs in that area. So they were looking to have that trap fall. They are very aggressive animals. They are very dangerous. And usually whenever they are being hunted or whenever you're trying to even capture them, it is not uncommon at all to be armed because things do go bad. So this is basically the boys hanging out with the teenage girls and they're just going out. This is an entertainment type thing. Yes. They go out and they check these traps and they come up to this one particular trap. This is a large one, and sure enough, this time, the trap is full. So they park the truck that is facing into the trap itself so that they could see exactly what was in there. So Jordan gets out to make sure that the gate that controls the flow of the hogs is locked and closed. Well, as soon as he gets there, one of the hogs charges it and breaks the gate. Oh, Jordan's armed with a rifle, and he starts shooting at the hogs. But the more he shoots at them, the more the hogs start to panic and run towards him. So now he's running backwards and shooting. Jordan gets almost 10 feet to the truck when he trips and discharges around, and it strikes Kelly in the forehead and kills her. (gasps) Oh, my God. Is she in the truck or is she outside? Kelly is sitting in the middle seat with Wendy sitting closest to the window. Wendy had leaned forward just enough at the time of the shot, and Kelly, who was sitting in the middle, ended up catching the bullet. Just a horrible freak accident. Mm-hmm. Do they realize right away that Kelly's been hit? Or is there a kind of the, where you check yourself, hey, is everybody okay? And then you turn around and there's someone dead right there. Wendy and Mike knew right away. Wendy was covered in blood. 
It was classic of a high-powered rifle headshot. It was what you would expect to see. What would you expect to see? Obviously, it's blood everywhere, but is that a tidy bullet wound, or is it much messier than that? High-velocity round like that would be devastating. It's not a tiny little hole. That's a lot of damage. Big wound. Yeah. They immediately panicked. Of course, Jordan still had hogs coming at him. So after the rifle discharged, he dropped it and then jumped into the back of the truck to get away from the hogs. And by this time, you know, everyone's already screaming that Kelly had been hit. It's absolute chaos. Oh, yes. The scene just absolutely showed that there was all kinds of panic at the time. So we did receive a 911 call. Who made the call? Mike had made the original, but Wendy was also calling at the same time. So that's how much chaos was going on. Wow. And you've brought us Mike's 911 call. To our audience, the recording is really hard to hear in some places, so we will translate. This is the 911 Mike says, yes, I am, but I have no clue where we are. How badly is she, where she shot at? In her head. In her head. Okay. Is she still breathing? No, she's, she's, she's not breathing? Oh, she's dead, ma'am. Okay, I got units on the way. Can somebody go to the gate to find and to show my officers where to go in yet? She's in the back seat right now. She's in the back seat. She's not breathing at all. I understand. Also, I have never, ever been through this in my life. When they're trying to describe where they were, because they were in a middle of a field, they're trying to describe where the ambulance should go. They make arrangements to get out to a county road where they will meet the ambulance. And how long does that take, that ambulance, to arrive? I think it took the ambulance less than seven minutes to get there. They weren't far out of town. It just goes to show, under pressure, these kids just did not know where they were or what they were doing. Right. Most people, when they're driving around, aren't making note of mile markers or landmark intersections. So... All of a sudden, something bad happens, and somebody says, well, where are you? And you're like, um... Sure. So there's chaos. Two people are calling 911. Are we assuming that hogs are now also surrounding the truck because they've breached their pen? Oh, yes. They're actually running past. They're trying to get away, so they're not necessarily attacking, but there's this big rush of hogs. It's a stampede. Yeah, it's basically a hog stampede. Believe it or not, they can move very fast. So the kids are driving to meet this ambulance. And when they do end up at the county road, they see the ambulance, they pull over, and it is apparent that Kelly is dead. There's no doubt. Wendy is in absolute hysterics. 
Jordan just has this blank look on his face. He knows it happened, but he doesn't understand what's going on. He can't believe it's happening. And uh, Mike, on the other hand, he's concerned with the condition of his truck because it's a mess. What? Yes, he is concerned. He wanted to know what was going to happen with his truck. Less concern for Kelly being deceased and more concern for the interior of his vehicle. Absolutely. And it really did draw suspicion on the case because that's just not a normal reaction. I mean, we think that as regular people, who cares about a truck? Right. His concern was on that. So we started wondering, was there some sort of connection between Kelly and Mike? Was there some sort of connection between Kelly and Jordan? Was this something that we needed to look at as a possible homicide? Or are we talking about a true accident? And at that time, we didn't know. So we had to start at the beginning. And so you guys get contacted shortly after medical personnel are contacted the ambulance. And now, really, you have two crime scenes. You have a crime scene in the truck, and you have a crime scene where the hogs busted out of the gate. Yes. So now you've got a small county with limited resources, one detective, and now you've got two crime scenes. How do you manage that? That was the challenge that we had. I received the call. They called me from the house. I went out to the scene, and that's exactly what I had. There was an ambulance with the truck. There was a girl that is obviously deceased inside. But then about another mile away, I had a crime scene with shell casings, a rifle, the evidence of the crime. So we had to go back and try to reconstruct that. And uh, at the same time, process the scene where Kelly was. Jordan seems to be in a daze. When does he let you know it was me and it was my fault and it was an accident? It didn't come around until a few hours into it. Really? Yes. You know, you could tell that Jordan was not being deceptive. He was just in disbelief, which was, I hate to say, it was to my advantage processing the scene because I had my hands full with the crime scene. So I'm trying to get that locked down. And then by the time I'm able to talk to Jordan, he had calmed down enough and he just goes, oh, my God, I shot her. I didn't mean to. And by the time we get out there, of course, I believe it was Wendy that was making the phone calls. Wendy called her own mom and said, hey, we're out here at this hog trap, and Kelly's dead. And she said, what do you mean you're supposed to be in bed? They snuck out, right? Yeah. Are they out drinking on back roads? Alcohol was not a factor in this one, and that's very odd. Yeah. But, yes, alcohol was not a factor in this. The girls didn't drink. They weren't known to drink. Mike was known to drink, but he hadn't been drinking that night. Mostly because you needed to be on his toes for dealing with these hog traps. He has a healthy respect for what they can do to you. Yes. And so prior to hearing about this phone call to Wendy's mother, I was thinking, who gives this death notification? And you're giving it to Kelly's mother, who's already by herself because her husband's dead. And now you have handed her another horrible situation. Two days before Christmas. Right. Yes. And as it turned out, when Wendy called her mom, Wendy's mom called Kelly's mom. And so that's how the news breaks. That's how it broke. We all met at the uh, local hospital. They did not transport Kelly from the scene. Of course, she was deceased. They took her to the morgue instead? Yes. So we had to have some place where we could get this now growing onslaught of people together 
all of Kelly's friends. And like I said, she was a popular girl in school. It took about 10 minutes for this to spread around. And we had a large group. So we had the group meet at the hospital, which turned out to be a good thing because Kelly's mom, she needed medical attention. She had um, broken beyond. And we were also having Wendy evaluated because she's covered in blood and we don't know if she's injured. Right. And now you're out at a crime scene and you're worried about containment, evidence, getting your statements from the involved people who are now spread out. And you've also got hogs that are on the loose. So you're dealing with a lot. Yeah. And it was about to get busier. Hey, small town fam, it's Yardley. I want to talk about Pros. Pros is the custom hair and skin beauty brand where you get on their website, answer a bunch of questions about where you live and how old you are, what kind of hair you have, what kind of hair you want to have. And then from millions of possible formulas, they create a formula just for you. So I'm lucky I have a lot of hair. Most days, my hair is the boss of me. So I need shampoo and conditioner that gets my hair to calm down a little bit. So I've been using Pros for a while, and one of my favorite things about it is you can choose your scent. They have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and then adjusts the formula. Also, Pros is a certified B Corp. It's cruelty-free, and it's the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So it's not only better for you, it's better for the planet. So, small town fam, Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash town. That's right. You get your free consultation and then 50% off at pros.com slash town. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash town. Do it. Hey, small town fam, it's Yardley. It's going to be summer soon, so the potential for stinky pits is imminent. That's why I really love Lumi. I'm obsessed with their sweat control, cream deodorant. I think I've said this so many times, but honest to God, I never thought I'd use a cream deodorant because they're sloppy and gloppy and sticky and bleh. But Lumi isn't any of those things. It dries quickly, it's never sticky, and it doesn't leave any white streaks on my dark clothing. So all of those things are a win for me. If you're not familiar with Lumi, let me tell you a few things. Six years ago, an OBGYN invented her game-changing whole body deodorant, and now it has over 300,000 five-star reviews from people like me. Lumi is baking soda-free, paraben-free, and pH balanced, so it's safe for your pits and your bits, which means you can use it below the belt. They have a lovely variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, my favorite, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. And the secret to Lumi's success is it's formulated and powered by mandelic acid. That's how it stops odor before it starts. So, small town fam, Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, my fave, and two free products of your choice, like mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. And on top of that, as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off 
all Lumi products with our exclusive code, which is small town. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off the starter pack. So use code small town for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code small town at L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Do it. Hey folks, Detective Dave here. Let me tell you about Simply Safe, the home security system that I trust to keep my family safe. I depend on Simply Safe to provide me and my loved ones with 360 degree coverage of my property and valuables. I love the variety of monitoring sensors available with Simply Safe Home Security. You get a glass break sensor, which in my experience is one of the most effective tools of detecting a break in. In addition, Simply Safe offers motion sensors, entry sensors, sirens, and flood and fire detection. With Simply Safe Home Security, I have the flexibility to use keypads at multiple entries at my house. This option is especially important to me and my family. I can provide access to people I trust and limit having multiple keys outside of my control, all at the push of a button via the Simply Safe app. It comes with a variety of cameras for indoors and outdoors. And best of all, Simply Safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than $1 a day. It gives me peace of mind knowing I can leave the house, I can leave town, I can even leave the country, and I know my home is Simply Safe. The mobile app integration makes it so easy to make sure everything's in place in real time. I check it every day when I'm away from home. Simply Safe is the best. U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe Best Home Security Systems 2024. And Newsweek ranked it Best Customer Service in Home Security. With Simply Safe, there are no contracts. And if you're not happy with the service or the product, they have a 60 day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash smalltown. That's simplysafe.com slash smalltown. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We had a homicide. Now, whether it was intentional or whether it was accidental, we didn't know at that time. I had about a two and a half hour drive ahead of me the next morning for an autopsy. So I needed to wrap up this crime scene and then get on the road to the autopsy. And do you take Jordan into custody? No, we never took Jordan into custody. We did have questions for him, but you know, now we're looking at him. Is he a suspect or is he a witness? State law dictates that if we're going to interview a minor, which Jordan was, we would need to have him magistrated prior to doing so. And what is that? Magistrating is basically where we take the juvenile, the underage person, in front of a magistrate, a judge, and they advise them of their legal rights. We could have talked to them without a magistrate. However, any evidence that would have been collected, if he had, in fact, been a suspect, we would not have been able to use. As you're searching this crime scene where the hog trap is, you have a decent grasp on what these people are saying happened. And what you're looking at at this crime scene is matching up 
Oh, yes. We marked out the shell casings, and you can actually see where he was walking. We called it walking the scene. It's a progression of shell casings that, as they are being ejected, are landing in a pattern that match what he is telling us he did. Which is that he was walking backward away from the hogs. Yeah. And then we have one round that comes in low through the side of the truck, and then the trajectory is almost straight up which is consistent with the injury that Kelly had suffered. It was a very close shot for a high-powered rifle, very close shot. What caliber, 223? Yeah, it was a 223. And so at what point do you determine that Jordan is telling the truth that it was accidental? How does that unfold? And then this seems like a very small community. The ripple effect must have been enormous. It was almost like the ripple tsunami Of course, everyone had an opinion as to what went on out there. You can let your imagination run wild with what they felt had happened. It was a bad gambling debt, that it was a love triangle, that it was jealousy, it was revenge. It was an accident. That's what happened. Of course, the scene showed it, the interviews showed it, and the autopsy and the other forensic interview showed it. So once we were able to conclusively say that this was an accidental shooting, then all of a sudden the rumors stopped. So they believed you? Yes. You think about the, you know, it only took a few minutes for the whole community of these high school age kids to know. And there's going to be people out there. I mean, you look at Facebook and social media now, the conspiracy theories start getting thrown out there. And all of a sudden you have this huge convoluted story when... In reality, it's actually a pretty simple story. And the truth is pretty simple. Right. Which is something we've talked about on this podcast before, is we caution our victims' families, please don't get on social media and spread any type of conjecture, but it doesn't always stop people. That's where we find that most of these cases get off track, is that the story is more sensational than the truth. When you finally have a chance to sit down with Jordan, what is his affect? What's that interview like? Well, Jordan was more than willing to talk. He never held back at all. He was scared. He was also feeling a lot of guilt. It was a type of guilt, and as anyone that's ever done a forensic interview can tell you, you can see it on them. You can literally see how bad they feel. He cried a lot. He got sick a couple of times. He was feeling it pretty bad. Because, come to find out, they were friends. They had grown up together. They were small children together, and they were adolescents together. While they were never romantically connected, they did share a bond that was a friendship. And so it would be the same way as if anyone else would have lost a dear friend, except you're the one who took their life. So, yeah, you feel horrible. And then, as a detective, you're gauging all these different reactions. And then you've got Mike. His concern is the interior of his truck and how it's going to get clean. So you have to gauge that while you're also filtering through all these facts and circumstances. And so I imagine after seeing Jordan, his reaction, I mean, it's genuine and it's appropriate. And you go, okay, this kid is not lying to me. But what is going on with Mike? Did that ever change? Does his focus and his concern ever shift to, oh, shit, Well, you know, that's what we were looking for. We were expecting that to happen because, okay, your initial reaction may not tell your entire personality with it. Well, who's going to clean up my truck? 
that may be the initial reaction, but then after it sinks in, you're like, "On uh, who gives a you know about my truck? Oh my God, there's a dead girl in my truck." We figured that within the hour, within a day, within a week, that his stance on the truck would probably diminish. That he would be like, "Oh my God, we done lost Kelly. I can't believe it." And it did not happen. What? So this truck is a crime scene. Did you tow it from the scene? Yes. So it's impounded, basically. Yes. And you guys are processing it. Is he calling you about every day saying, when am I going to get my truck back? Yes. He wants to know when he's going to get his truck back. The reason why I asked that question is because I already knew the answer. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to know when he's going to get it back. Of course, he had contacted his insurance company. Basically, it's not my blood and I didn't shoot her, so why should I have to clean it? That is so shocking to me. Yeah. And we ended up calling him Cole Mike. And he was not exactly a friend to the others. He knew them. He was older. But I was just really taken aback by his lack of concern for anything other than a piece of machinery. That's incredible. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You said that when the town assembles at the hospital, it turned out to be a good thing because Kelly's mom needed medical attention because I'm assuming she was just absolutely devastated. That's exactly right. She had broke down immediately. And at the time, we didn't know that she had lost her husband almost a year to the day prior to. Oh, God. So this was just like a double whammy for us. Like, what else can you do to her? I mean, you lose your husband. Next year, you're going to lose your daughter. And it was her only child. I'm hoping that the community kind of surrounds her and supports her. She's well-loved within her community, and there was a great outpouring. Did anything ever happen to Jordan? Was he charged with anything? or We did send the case to a grand jury. Jordan was never charged with anything. There could have been a charge of reckless discharge of a firearm. However, the evidence at the scene suggested that it was accidental, that he wasn't being reckless, he just fell. And that's what caused the firearm to discharge. It was presented to a grand jury. A grand jury did what we called a no-bill. In other words, they refused to return an indictment on him based upon those facts. I'm happy about that. I mean, you think about the greater good. There's no intent here. 
and he's not being negligent. This kid's overwhelmed by dangerous animals coming at him, trying to protect himself, and something bad happens. And, you know, an indictment, in my opinion, in that situation would be horrible. That just compounds everything. I don't think that's in the spirit of the law at all. Right. And Carl, we always ask our guests, you've been in law enforcement for a long time. What is it about this case that stands out to you? The main thing that stands out to me in this case is just how fragile life is. Mm. Because how many times have you went to the grocery store? How many times have you went over to a friend's house? How many times have you ever told your children, goodbye, I'll see you this afternoon? And they never, ever come back. And that's what was the main issue in this case. Look how fragile life was. Mom was letting her daughter go spend the night with her friend, and they were just going to watch movies. That was it. Like they've done a hundred times before. Yes. So if you can imagine that that is your mindset, that as far as you know, your daughter is over at her friend's house, her friend, you know, mom's friend is the mom. And so, you know, she's in a good place. And then all of a sudden she gets a phone call, your daughter's dead. She's on the side of a road. That is the reality of that case. Look how fragile life really is. Right. Having suffered back-to-back devastating losses, Kelly's mom, first her husband in a car crash and then her daughter almost a year to the day, and also right next to Christmas, do you know how she's doing now? And how is the town and all the people who are involved in this incident? You know, just like with any community, you'll always feel the loss. But at some point, you always say, well, when are they going to get over it? And the truth is, you don't get over it. You just learn to deal with it. I'd say at some point, you have to learn to make friends with it. You know, that that you have to accept that this is how it is, and this is how it's going to be. And this is the same with this community. They accepted it, and they have moved on from there. Mom didn't fare too well. I would say Jordan didn't fare too well. Mike is the same. He's got a new truck. That's called. Yeah, that's one of those cases. Where does it stay in your heart? And that's another thing that says, it's like, what difference does this truck make in the scheme of anything? The loss of the life, the loss of a young life like that, it impacts the community and it impacts the investigator too. And I tell you, yeah, I do carry that one because there's not a Christmas that goes by that I don't think about, Kelly. Thank you so much, Carl. We're always so grateful to hear the inside story of these cases that often go unnoticed unless you're part of that community. And we really appreciate your bringing that to us today. That was my pleasure. Thank you. Coming up on the next Small Town Dicks... Our very own Detective Dave shares two particularly difficult cases of abuse that got under his skin and changed him forever. Pariah, available beginning September 27th. Don't miss it. Small Town Dicks is produced by Gary Scott and Yardley Smith and co-produced by Detectives Dan and Dave. This episode was edited by Logan Heftel, Gary Scott, and me, Yardley Smith. Our associate producers are Aaron Gaynor and The Real Nick Smitty. Our music is composed by John Forrest. Our editors extraordinaire are Logan Heftel 
and Soaring Bayesian, and our books are cooked and cats wrangled by Ben Cornwell. If you like what you hear and want to stay up to date with the show, visit us on our website at smalltowndicks.com. And join the Small Town fam by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at smalltowndicks. We love hearing from you. And if you support us on Patreon, your subscription will give you access to exclusive content and merchandise that isn't available anywhere else. Go to patreon.com slash smalltowndickspodcast. That's right. Your subscription also makes it possible for us to keep going to small towns across the country in search of the finest, rare, true crime cases told, as always, by the detectives who investigated them. So thanks for listening, small town fam. Nobody's better than you.